This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, everybody? It's Memphis, and with me, as always, is the man of the hour, the man with the power. He is back and better than ever. Jerry Sinclair, what's going on tonight, man? Uh, nothing, man. Today was a big day for, for old Jerry, the man with the power, because uh went and had a little doctor's appointment with the missus and found out that the twins are two boys. So, unfortunately for her, that's going to be a whole lot of pea sprinkled toilet seats that she's going to have to sit on three times as much so unfortunate for her happy for me i'm excited well little, we, little wolverine hating lion tortured boys coming to the future well man I, I i'm excited too and we were joking about some names off air we were you know trying to intertwine memphis and jerry in with the names of our guests who we'll bring on here in a minute but before we get into all that, I want to cover the Listener League. Yes, the Listener League is still full go. As of right now, we have 14 total teams. And uh, I've had someone reach out after the fact who said they had the review and they're having trouble. So we're still fighting our way through that. Everything's cool. I recently started following everybody in the league on Twitter. But I need some help. If you did the review under Dre Day, as in Dr. Dre, D-R-E, Dre Day 999, and I really like this one, Swaggerlicious. If you did those, tag me in a tweet so I can follow you on Twitter um, or email the show at DynastyWarzone at gmail.com. Reach out to us in one form or fashion. You did the review. We super appreciate it. And we want to get you in the Listener League ASAP. But I can't do it without a Twitter handle to DM you or an email address to email you. So get to it. Get us an email. We want to get you in there. And then, Jerry, there's the piece of business about announcing a winner of the free one-year FFstatistics.com premium membership. Now, FF Statistics is the official statistics website of the Dynasty Warzone. But uh, they have a premium, like a paywall content. They've got podcasts. Not as good as this one. Sorry, Addy. But they have got podcasts. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. And uh, Action Hack, you are the winner as drawn in front of our guest tonight. Um, and your Twitter handle, I have. So I will reach out to you personally tomorrow or the next day to get you accessed for your free premium membership to ffstatistics.com. Please make sure you go over there and check them out as you're getting ready for your rookie drafts or just a startup or whatever you're doing. And we'll have a startup league soon. We're kind of waiting until the MFL Switchover occurs. I tried doing a draft last year. Jerry, you ever tried to do a draft during or real close to the MFL switchover? No, no I have not. That seems like a headache. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I like MFL, and I've, I've had zero issues with them. The app for your phone's a little bit wonky, but I've heard it's ran by a, a, a second party. I don't know, but I've had zero yeah, I'm issues. Not a, I, when I do it, I don't use the app. I don't I either. bookmark it on my phone, and I just so I go that way. I don't like doing apps for any fantasy league. The app, the app for MFL is really easy if you're using it just for quick score updates. If you're trying to do anything more than that, like a trade or an ad drop, it, it can be a little cumbersome. 
So I do the same thing. I just keep it bookmarked on my uh, internet browser and do it that way. But enough free plugs for MFL. We do like you, and if you want to sponsor us or sponsor our Please listener do. league, we, we would love to have you. But the listener league is in full go. We've got everybody down. As of right now, we're around 14-15 if we get Dre Day 999 and Swaggerlicious to reach out to us via either Twitter or email so we can get you hooked up. But enough about that. We've, uh, we've got guests. Actually, one guy just wouldn't leave, Jerry. You believe that? Mm-hmm. He's, Sounds about right. He, he is back, but he's brought his tag team partner. Please welcome to the Dynasty War Zone our uh, fantasy redraft brothers, uh, Kyle August and Seth McKinley of the FF Fellas. Uh, what's going on, Seth and Kyle? Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Sucker! Hey, we had to enter in with style when you're talking about tag team. It, it's awesome to be on again. I'm sorry I wasn't able to join last time. And if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm Seth, the other half of the fantasy football <laughs> fellas. Doing great, Memphis and Jerry. Congratulations yeah. on the twins, man. Thank, Thank you, good, sir. Thanks, good to be guys. back. Good to be back on the show. Congratulations, Jerry, on uh, little Jim Bob and Cooter. It's awesome. Uh, hey, yeah, is that Cooter? Is that like crazy Cooter from the Dukes of Hazard? Yes. That, Man, excellent mechanic. That is uh, fantastic. Well, listen, um, well, one of you two can take a second and tell the Dynasty Warzone listeners, we know they follow you already, but, but we've gotten a lot of new followers ourselves and new listeners who may not be familiar with what you guys do, when your shows drop, what your off-season content looks like. So break that down real quick. Tell us... Uh, Tell the listeners where they can find you and uh, what's going on with the Fantasy Football Fellas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, we, I'm glad to be back on the show second week in a row. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at the FF Fellas. We drop two episodes a week throughout the entire year, um, and then we bump it up in season. But even though we are technically a redraft show, we just love everything fantasy football. I think uh, this last year, I when I tallied it up, I'm in more dynasty leagues than redraft leagues, and that's how the sickness keeps building. But uh, we just love fantasy football, so we talk football all year round. We're doing some fun look-back stuff uh, in the month of January, and then we'll be full-on into looking ahead, looking at coaching changes, talking about the draft, talking dynasty, uh, and things like that. So check out our show. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe, uh, we drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so it's a nice little combination here with you guys over the war zone. And uh, yeah, just check us out on Twitter. You can follow me at Kyle FF Fellas and my my main man Seth over here, the master tweeter um, at Seth FF Fellas. He's the man over there. You need to give he, him. A follow. He goes hard on Twitter. Seth he, does. He I does. do uh, once every twenty seven months, <laughs> whether you need it or not. Now, now you guys talk about being redraft specialists, which you are. You guys put out great redraft content, but finally, we've roped old Jerry into a dispersal, and uh, Nate, a previous guest on the Dynasty Warzone at Dynasty Dog, uh, we roped these two into a Dynasty League with the three of us, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that, because uh, Nate has already spiced this league up. Yeah, I saw that, and uh, he, he, popped the, he popped the cherry with uh, that... J- a crazy Joe Mixon trade, just as No, that, the, that, uh... that was Jerry. Jerry made that trade. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was you? I thought that uh-huh. was Nate. Oh, well, Jerry, man. tell tell no, us about I, your I, trade. It wasn't, it wasn't oh, me. I took Joe Mixon off him. I traded all my picks away. 
Dude, I love it. I love Joe Mix. I was when I saw that, I'm like, damn. Well, apparently that's what it takes. I don't have any picks. He in was that, in it, so the original offer. He was high as giraffe nuts, thinking he was gonna get what he tried. Uh, so I, uh, I had to come back. But. He is a uh, he's a shark. <laughs> that guy is a shark, and I, I like playing with him. He's kicked our butts um, multiple times. I didn't. I've I couldn't. I've always I haven't put together the two new teams yet that have already changed their names. So congrats on landing Joe Mix. And I was very jealous because. I don't really care about rookie picks. So. <laughs> but I I'm like, am oh, the same dang. way, my friend. You got, uh, you got Mixon. So that was very nice. And then I saw in the group chat that Memphis over there was like, oh, well, I'm yeah, willing to yeah. sell my pieces. <laughs> he did <laughs> too. Well, of so. course I did. I, I, we'll, we'll cover how Memphis makes trades on, on, on a future episode. But uh, we've got a jam-packed show for you guys tonight. We're going to start with uh, our highlights from this past weekend. In Seth's case, he's he's going to get his opportunity to vent and grieve here live on the Dynasty Warzone. But Jerry, you didn't. You're a Lions fan, and I'm sorry in advance. Did you have any? Did, did, did you have any highlights outside of saying that the Colts would make the playoffs? You predicted this in the preseason on our uh, prediction show. I don't want to steal one of your hits and misses, but you called these Colts. I did call the. Colts. I also said the Steelers were going to win the Super Bowl, so let's not turn me into a brilliant man because I pooped the bed on that one. Uh, I'm honestly, you know what is crazy? When you're a Lions fan, you don't get super into the playoffs because you're not used to being there. So I'm a huge college football fan because that's when you know all the the national championship and playoffs are going on. So I actually went into a little bit of like like the Devi guys, uh, some dynasty rookie picks in 2020. You know, that that's what I was excited for this weekend. I did watch a little NFL, but like I said, it just pisses you off when you're sitting at home and you're watching these teams vie and try and fight for a Super Bowl. I mean, not that you guys know about that because your teams are in the playoffs, but it's fine. I'll just sit over here in the bitter corner. Well, I, I got to say, I everybody asked me, you know, how, how do I feel about the Colts being in it? And obviously I'm super excited. I mean, I've been a, a fan for a long time going clear back to the Jeff George era. I'm dating myself. Ooh, yeah, a, 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 talk a, about a cannon. Good yeah, board. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know. He was Jamarcus Russell before Jamarcus Russell made being a bust cool. <laughs> uh, but but no, it, it's cool. But I feel like the Colts are playing with house money, and that's the highlight for me. They went into Houston. They were the underdog. They were the six seed. They weren't supposed to win. They went in there and looked really good. Now they're doing the same thing. They're going to Kansas City. I'd love to go this weekend, but. Try to find someone who wants to drive seven hours and drop three figures on a ticket. Has not have not had a, a long line of uh, suitors, but it was great. Uh, every game was really really good. I even enjoyed the Dallas game. Seattle run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball some more. So, yes. uh, but I'm gonna turn it over to Kyle as Kyle is our resident Cowboys fan. Him and our buddy Sheps. So Kyle, tell us how what were your highlights of the weekend? Dude, it was definitely uh, good times for me because my my Cowboys were able to pull off a win. And it's always tough, too, because everyone hates the Cowboys. And sometimes I think rightfully so from the standpoint of Cowboys Twitter can be a little bit just insane. So I, you know, I'd usually just say, yeah, Twitter, goodbye for a minute here. And I'm just going to enjoy the game. So um, it was fun. The Cowboys game was it was excellent. Uh, It was good to see Dak show up big when, you know, when he needed to. He made a couple mistakes here and there. But, uh, you know, everyone loves to trash Jason Garrett, too, myself included sometimes. But, you know, they were the team that actually played smart as opposed to the Seahawks, like you mentioned, who just run, 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 run. But uh, all in all, I thought it was, you know, a good week. There were some exciting finishes, even in like that Baltimore um, and Chargers game where I kind of root for Phillip Rivers. So 
uh, it was good to see him get a victory there, but Lamar still made it a game there at the end. And of course, uh, being in Chicago, uh, that Sunday late afternoon game, <laughs> it was, it was rough, dude. Very rough. <laughs> so I, we were at, uh, we actually went to a local establishment, a little watering hole for the, the first half of the game. And you know, you're around bears fans, obviously here. And it was a little crazy, but um, I was glad that we decided to take off at halftime because I don't know if I wanted wanted to be there when that went down. So I knew I didn't. It was the I quiet before either of you <laughs> other guys. It was the quietest Monday in my office that I can remember for a few months for sure. So disappointing for the Bears, but Cowboys moving on. So I'm feeling good. And I kind of feel similar to what um, Memphis said. Like the Cowboys really weren't supposed to be here. No one really expected it. So yeah, we'll see what we can do next week. But it was good times this weekend. Uh, just real quick before I throw it over to Seth to round out uh, his highlights of the weekend from a dynasty perspective, because that is the main crux of the show. What are you thinking about Blake Jarwin? I've got a few shares out there and I'm starting to get just a little excited. Yeah. I mean, this team is not going to change anything because on the offensive side of the ball, because they made it this far and Jerry loves um, himself, some Jason Garrett puppet. So he'll be there for a while, which means most likely Linhan isn't going anywhere. And this offense will primarily be a you know a dink and dunk type thing because they maybe rightfully so they think that you know that's what Dak is best at and what he's capable of doing Cooper will get his shots and things but I think Jarwin is kind of uh you know made himself the the tight end in Dallas uh so I don't think he'll be anything more than you know uh you know a low end tight end one in some weeks I think he can be in that 10 to you know 14 15 range on a season so in PPR I'm okay with it because they'll continue to dump off but um, he's definitely kind of proven himself, though, I think, to be the guy there in Dallas. Yeah. All right, Seth. Um, I'm going to let you bring this one home. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'm dead inside. <laughs> I felt so – you were the only Bears fan I felt bad for because I live in Indiana, which is – Yeah. So, so I, I, again, I, I, I dated – I you, mean dated East, you mean East Chicago? Well, I, I – well, uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're, uh, we're uh, Indian Napganistan. You guys are Chirac. But <laughs> – but oh, man. so so where I'm from, if like you live north of Indianapolis, you're really before the Colts came, you were raised a Bears fan. My father was a Bears fan. And if you're from south of Indianapolis, you're typically a Bengals fan. So um, but being around as many Bears fans as I am, they can be a little insufferable sometimes. But Seth oh, was certainly. Seth was the only one that I felt bad for. I was texting with Kyle last night and I said, do me a favor. Please let Seth know I sent him a cyber hug. So, uh, Seth, break break down your weekend that was. Oh, man. So, right from the get-go, I was worried because the offense was not able to move the ball very well. The Eagles' defense isn't that good. They they should have been, like, the offense should have been able to move the ball, period. And I think the play calling was, maybe it could have improved in places, but... At the end of the day, this offense has a bunch of excellent weapons around uh, in it. I think Anthony Miller is a guy that I want to go get in Dynasty Leagues because I think he's going to be great. I think you'll be able to buy Allen Robinson for very cheap because after a disappointing season because this offense has nowhere to go but up. But And I, if Mitch is the guy or not, I think that there's definitely better times ahead for the offense. But they just were not able to get it done this week we didn't deserve to win that game the bears out of all the teams showed to me the most room for growth on offense they didn't look terrible it's the playoffs scoring's way down 
compared to what it was earlier in the season because mm-hmm. the referees tend to swallow the flags a little bit. Um, and the, in basketball, they say swallow the whistle, but they tend to hold the flags a little bit. It's a little bit colder, and it's not quite the offensive extravaganza, well, unless it's the Super Bowl in Minnesota. But uh, I, I saw a lot of room for growth. I saw a lot of people on Allen Robinson. My only thing for me from the Bears' perspective, it was we can give Cody Parkey and the miss kick, and, you know, it was just a tip, just the tip, Seth. Nah, <laughs> He, he's gone. He, no, they can't. He's either the greatest kicker so, of all time by kicking the upright seven times, six times, or five times, and then a double doink. But but double, the or, double, double doink. doink. Or he is the worst. But, I mean, he he's no Zane Gonzalez. All right, I'm not putting him on that level, but he will not have a job here in the off season. It's going to be hard to bring him back. But I, I've not heard anyone really give Nagy too much crap about not getting Tariq Cohen more than four touches. Did anyone else find that odd? I brought I brought that up on uh our show that on Tuesday that I didn't like that Cohen like had disappeared from the from the game plan. Um especially to like and Cohen still found a way to make an impact cuz on that kick return at the end of the game like he set yep. them up for success. But the thing that I didn't like in, in addition to not seeing Cohen at all on the field was I totally get when you're at home and you're in a game that maybe doesn't matter as much and you have these cool plays where you get linemen touchdowns, but like you had a two point conversion to go up seven and you're running around Cleo Mack and some declaring guard like to be on the, on the field. Like, why don't you just run your offense from that, that point? Like it's, you know, figure it out. So that I wasn't too thrilled about, you know, from a play calling perspective, but like Seth said, I, I think they're in, in Memphis mentioned their prospects going forward. I think, you know, are pointing in the right direction. Trubisky is somebody that I'm very interested in to see if you can get in before he really, I think he, I think he has the opportunity to, to blow up next year. Like I, I really like to see him on my roster. So I'm going to try to make a move for him, um, especially in some super flex leagues where I'm not going to get killed off for it, but yeah, it's a, uh, it was an interesting season of course for the bears in that offense. All right, well, we could talk about this past weekend all that we want, but be sure to check all of our Twitter handles. Well, it's a little early in the week to give predictions, but uh, I'm obviously going Colts. I'm biased, and I think Kyle's probably going Cowboys. But let's get into what little bit of news there is. There's some head coaching news. So uh, let's talk about that. This is the news. All right, so three head coaching positions of the eight have been filled. Bruce Arians is going to be coaching the Bucks. Uh, not Peter LaFleur, but Matt LaFleur is going to be coaching the Green Bay Packers. So Jerry and Seth will be seeing a lot of him starting next year. And then Kyle, is it Kingsbury? Killingsbury? I don't remember how to pronounce it. And I don't, all I know Kingsbury. is he's very he's handsome. Kingsbury. Yes, very handsome. Dude gets fired from a from a co- head coaching job in college and somehow ends up in the NFL. <laughs> he never even finished top five in the Big Twelve in his five years there. So I'll throw his this one. Best up. season was sixth in the Big Twelve with eight wins, and he gets a head coaching job. Uh, yikes, man! Well, well th- this is the one that I, I did a little research, and the last time that there were eight NFL openings that I could find was 2013. And everybody wants the new hotness, right? Is, is that what you guys are hearing? We want, you know, um, handsome Kyle and, you know, Peter LaFleur and all these guys, right? Of course. Well, yeah, so let's talk about 2013. Here are the head coaches that got jobs then. Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, Mark Trussman, Gus Bradley, Mike McCoy, Doug Marone, Rob Chazinski, and Bruce Arians. Should. Be real, <laughs> be real careful what you ask for. 
Sometimes yeah. when you get the new hotness, you get a flop. So by using a, just a little, a little math, a little uh, Memphis math, if you will, the hit rate is about one out of eight. Sometimes two out of eight. I'll give Bruce Arians a hit for fantasy production, and he had he did finish well over 500 in his time in in Arizona and made David Johnson a beast. But for every Sean McVay last year and Frank Reich this year, there's a Rob Chudzinski. So be real careful what you ask for. So I don't know about you guys. Are you fellas going to do a, an entire episode about these coaching moves here in the once they're all filled? Yeah, that's we do that in the offs. Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit after the Super Bowl once everything's kind of settled because we like to talk about all offensive coordinators too. Um, but all in all, like the one in Green Bay is interesting because you know he comes from the background behind Shanahan and um, and McVay, but had a down year in Tennessee. Uh, so Lafleur will be interesting. Like I said, Kingsbury's college record hasn't been great, and then you got the retread there now in uh, in Tampa Bay. So it's uh, there's still some pieces to fall in it. And it, from the sounds of it, doesn't sound like Josh McDaniels is going to be leaving. And you know, that was the name everybody was looking at. So I'm going to uh, throw this to Jerry, but just a quick question for you, Kyle. Do you find it odd that he didn't want to work with with uh, Chris Ballard and Andrew Luck in Indianapolis, and now he doesn't want to work with Aaron Rodgers? He would much yeah. rather he would much rather be Robin in New England than Batman in Indianapolis or Green Bay. I just find that so odd, but I that's me. So Jerry, what what are you thinking about these these hiring decisions? I mean, as far I don't love the Cliff hire, the Cliff Kingsbury hire in Arizona as Oh, double K. In, I've in never regard, seen his in, name spelled before. It he spells Cliff uh, with a K. Yes, he does spell Cliff with a K. <laughs> oh, uh, all the geniuses do. I don't like this guy already. And so, like, it, it, when it comes to winning, I don't think they're going to do much winning with him. But listen, if I have Christian Kirk and someone has him on their IR, I would definitely go for him because they are going to sling the rock. The offense will move. As much as I, you know, was just hating on Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. The offense was awesome. Now, maybe that was a benefit of having Patrick Mahomes because one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL thrown against a Big 12 defense is going to look pretty darn good. But, you know, I mean, they didn't do any damage with Patrick Mahomes. He benched Baker Mayfield for Davis Webb. Like, I just, I don't, I think that was a crazy move. I get that he's a good offensive mind and they sling the rock and that's what you want. Listen, I think Christian Kirk's going to get peppered, and I think it's probably a good thing for David Johnson. As far as an NFL move, I think they pooped their pants on that one. All right, Seth, anything to add before we go into a couple of other small stories? Larry Fitzgerald needs to retire and get the hell out of there before <laughs> more madness happens. He, he can't I run mean, that much. Like, oh. I, got, I got one thing that will – are we moving on to player yeah. moves after this? I, I got like four other small stories that are, that are very small. Just the are tip. the coaching are they coaching related? No. Okay, so real quick, Dirk Cutter got signed as the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. I think that is interesting because they got rid of Sharkeesian, who like would have been Ryan another year in that same offense. I talked about it on our show. I don't even know if I mentioned it here or not. I might have, but last week I did not like Matt Ryan's prospects next season with a brand new OC. But Cutter was uh, the OC in Atlanta previously, so I think this might actually have salvaged Matt Ryan's fantasy value a little bit. I still think it'll be a little bit of a downtick because I think that defense comes around a little bit, but I did like that they brought in a familiar face in Atlanta with Dirk Cutter today. So um, that's a, at least a win, I think, for fantasy owners. I concur, and I'm going to use this next point as a segue. Seth will be so proud. Um, I do like it for Austin Hooper. 
Dirk Cutter has, you know, got a pretty decent track record of making the the tight end very relevant. Look at what he's done with, you know, OJ Howard slash Cameron Brait the last few years in Tampa Bay. And then during his first stint in Atlanta, now obviously Tony Gonzalez was a Hall of Famer, but Tony Gonzalez had a couple of monster seasons his last two years there with Dirk Cutter as the OC. So I don't hate this. And speaking of tight ends, let's talk about yeah, Hunter Henry. Malarkey. Oh, I was going to talk about your thunder. No, I was going to talk about Hunter Henry. I don't talk no, about okay. we, we don't talk about tight end coaches around these parts, Seth. Um, but Hunter Henry has been activated to the uh, active roster for the Chargers, and looks like he's going to be a go against the Patriots this weekend. Seth, are you playing Hunter Henry in like a DFS, or we're doing a tournament with your listeners where you can only use one player once? Would you consider using Hunter Henry this week? Uh no, not even close. Way to kill the mood. Yeah, sorry. I'm not. I'm not trusting. I would. I would have killed it with you, bud. Yeah, I'm not gonna trust a guy coming off of an ACL injury, and in the first week, and you can only yeah. play one guy. I mean, if you've already played, no, like if you've already played uh, Travis <laughs> Kelsey, tried to justify it, and then just nope. <laughs> no, like it's like ah, it's, no. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him out there. You know, that'd be good. Get him a few reps. For next year. Yes. But, yeah. This, like, I, here's I here's the question. Would you rather play Hunter Henry or Ben Watson from the Saints? Oh, God. I'm going to play Ben Watson. Those are my Jar- only two choices? <laughs> Those are your two choices. Sorry, Blake Jarwin is already taken. You're playing in a crappy DFS. I am going to play, I'm gonna play Hunter Henry exactly. on, the, on the upside of, uh, of a touchdown. Yeah. I, I don't love New England against the tight end. I think they're pretty decent against the wide receiver with uh, Gilmore. And I can't remember their other corner's name, but I, I think there's shot for a cheap red zone touchdown, which is the same thing you're rooting for with old man Ben Watson. So uh, I, I'm i trying to avoid both, to be quite honest. But enough uh, Hunter Henry talk. But, he, but from a dynasty standpoint, you definitely want to see how he looks. And if you're looking to buy, you're actually hoping he does nothing. And if you're looking to sell, you're hoping he does what Corey Davis did against the Patriots last year and has like two touchdowns and just looks great in his first game back from the ACL. My last bit of news is uh, the Antonio Brown news. So obviously everybody knows from the last week that Antonio Brown and Big Ben had a bit of a, a bit of a spat, and he threw a football at Big Ben. But you know everybody's like, uh, I think it was not Adam Schefter, but uh, Chris Mortensen, who reported that it's more than, quote-unquote, more than likely that he moves on to another team. Kyle, who was going to pay him $22 million on that contract and compensate the the Steelers with draft picks? Yeah, for the draft picks the Steelers are going to want, probably somebody not that smart. You know, it's just a lot to give up to mortgage your future. I mean, think about, I mean, I guess you have to have a team that had a good first-round pick, but think about having to give up that player for the next, you know, seven, eight years and pay Antonio Brown just a crap ton of money, which also then affects the rest of your roster because you're not able to spend elsewhere and improve in other areas. So I I don't know. Cliff. I don't know who it's going to be. I'm, I'm thinking Raiders. going to be. The like, Raiders. I, it would have, like, ultimately an organization like that is going to have to make that mistake. I'm still holding out hope, and maybe this is just me as an Antonio Brown dynasty owner, still holding out hope that they just figure it out and can just right the ship and keep him in Pittsburgh. Cause I think it's his value drops. If he leaves that, that situation and you know, I, for fantasy owners out there, I hope he just stays in Pittsburgh. What, what, what say you, Jerry, what, where are you at with Antonio Brown? I, I think, I think uh, Kyle hit it right on the head, man. It's it, the offense is just so potent in Pittsburgh and he's getting up there in age. You got to learn a new system. 
Hey, I, I wouldn't like it. I mean, I, I'm with him 100%. So hopefully they have a nice spaghetti dinner. They talk it out. They don't throw anything at each other. They don't go on any motorcycle rides. And we can just live in oh. peace and harmony. Damn. And no one goes to the bathroom. And wow. no oh one my goes God. to the bathroom. Well, well th- this is taking a turn. So I want to talk about the Oakland yep. Raiders. I would Let's love talk it. about the Raiders. I would Let's love get it. out of this hellhole that yes. we got ourselves in by talking about the Raiders. Yeah, yeah let's talk. <laughs> imagine that. The, the Raiders are the voice of reason. But he goes to the Raiders. And, and then Gruden and Mayock can justify giving a 30, almost 31-year-old Antonio Brown $22 million a year when they wouldn't this past summer give a young in his prime Khalil Mack the same $22 million a year. <laughs> and not spend any draft picks. And, and, and give, what, give up one of the first-round picks that they got for Khalil Mack. It would be basically like trading Khalil Mack for Antonio Brown via Chicago. Um, I actually had a buddy of mine, so everybody was posting this last week, your executive of the year, your head, your, you know, head coach of the year, MVP. And I said Chris Ballard, and someone came back at me and said, well, actually, it's John Gruden. He actually made two teams better. He made Chicago and Dallas better and got them both to the playoffs. <laughs> and I was like, here we Touché. go. So, I guess I would love to see Antonio Brown and – the silver and black, just because I think it would be an absolute dumpster fire with Carr and Chucky. I mean, that'd be good stuff. But listen, the the main topic of today's show, not that we've segued enough with news and playoff nonsense, but I brought the fellows on, and Jerry and I brought the fellows on to talk about our biggest hits and misses of 2018. So I went through and I compiled a bunch of mine. So I'll go first. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll throw out my, my misses first. So you guys can laugh at me and ridicule me in public in a public forum. And then we'll take turns doing the same to you. So my three misses that, that, that I came up with were, uh, I said Christian McCaffrey could not handle the workload that Norv Turner suggested he was going to get in the preseason. He was talking 20, 25 touches a game. And I was like, pshaw, there's no way he's getting that many, that many touchdowns. Well, I'll be damned. He got 316 total touches uh, between his 107 catches and 219 rushes. That's an average of 21 a game because I divided that by 15. I really don't consider that last game where he played not even a quarter. So he averaged 21 touches a game. He finished as the RB1. I said this was a guy who was going to be a career running back 8 to 12 for his career, which is great. But I never in my wildest dreams thought he would have been able to A, physically withstand that volume and uh b i didn't think they would ever give it to him and i never thought he would be this high so i was dead wrong on christian mccaffrey and i've recently said that i would be torn if i was at the third pick in a startup i would be torn between him and zeke i can't answer that question right now because i would have to think on it but uh that's how good christian mccaffrey played and that's how wrong i am on him my second one was mitch trubisky as i started in the season I started calling him Mitch Tushitsky, as in uh, he was not very good. And I was wrong. Um, again, it's not all about – well, I, I do got a Bears fan on here. It's, 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 not, it's not all about NFL wins and losses. It's, I mean, we, we're, we're dynasty players. And from a dynasty – in a fantasy standpoint, in a standard quarterback scoring league where four points for a throwing touchdown, he finishes a QB 15 overall and missed two games with a like a throwing arm issue. And if you filter that by points per game scored, he was actually 11th in points per game with 21 points. So um, I, I, I thought he would be lucky to be a, a back-end 
quarterback too, but his rushing floor, you know, he had over 400 yards rushing. He had 27 total TDs, and his completion rate was almost 67%, 66.5. So he had 3,200 yards passing and missed two games. He could have easily been in the 37, 3,800 yards passing. So I was definitely wrong about Mitch. I was thinking more of like QB 20 through 24. And uh, he had a much better season than that. And then my last one was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is the team that I had facing New Orleans in the Super Bowl here in about a month. And they finished 8-7-1, and one, missed the playoffs. And uh, their entire team, we just talked about the Antonio Brown fiasco, it, it exploded. So uh, Jerry, roast your co-host, roast your boy. Um, tell me about my misses. Uh, listen, I was wrong on Mitch Trubisky too, so I can't. I thought he was going to be just a dreadful, awful pick, and I rode him to a title in a superflex league. So I, I cannot complain too much about those. Uh, if you want to ask the fellows if they got any roasting for you, but I, I liked all those. Uh, Seth, anything? Did, did did I change your your opinion on Mitch? No, not even a little bit. Uh, it was a terrible. Seth hates that guy. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that we ruined his entire career by taking him two overall. That's why he should have been Dak, and we paid up for Jesus Mahomes <laughs> in terms of draft count. Oh my gosh. Anyway, moving along. All right. Uh, so I am 100% on board with you on Christian McCaffrey. I thought the exact same things that you said, and you said them far more eloquently. So uh, I won't repeat them here. And that's why one of my misses is CJ Anderson. I thought that because McCaffrey couldn't get all of that work or couldn't handle that work, Anderson would be a great running back to flex type player in that offense, mm-hmm. just like uh, a, a superpower Jonathan Stewart from 2017 and boy was i wrong until week 16 <laughs> the consolation victory laugh that's yes. that was that's what that felt like uh, Memphis man I, I don't know the nobody thought McCaffrey was going to get that like everyone thought that was bs when they said that i don't think he'll get that type of workload again like his snap percentage was off the charts this year i you know i liked McCaffrey quite a bit this season i didn't even have you know i was i didn't have him that high you know it was it was definitely somebody that surprised fantasy owners um i like how they use him in the game so he's good in all formats obviously but i think it, you know his his workload might come down just a hair next year so um you know this might be the high point to sell cmc if if that's the business you're in but um he's he is definitely fun to watch and different kind of running back than we've seen um, over the course of even recent history. I do believe that this is the high point though. Yeah. yeah I don't I, think like, I don't think that he will hold out over the course of his career. Like a guy like Zeke might and running backs are so like they, they don't last very long anyway in dynasty. So if you're able to get a high quality, uh, like wide receiver and some other stuff for Christian McCaffrey, I would probably do that in most places and I agree because if you think back to week 16 well I guess it was technically week 17 the the 16th game Mm -hmm. coach Ron Rivera in a a meaningless game did not give him a ton of work like I said he played about half the first quarter and then he was gone because he wasn't going to risk him and his health which kind of planted the bug in my head is like if this is how Ron Rivera sees him because the Giants didn't do that with Saquon Barkley and and different coaching philosophy but I could see where they really want to monitor his snaps that Every time he touches the ball, he's electric and special, but I think they see 
too much of this could be a bad thing. But enough about my hits. I'm going to go to one of our guests. I'm going to go to Kyle. Kyle, give us your three hits from the 2018 season. So we're going hits here. So um, I always, I, you know, except for what I've done in this podcast so far, bragging about myself, I don't like like going through and be like, oh, man, I did a really good job here. So, like, whenever I'm going through hits or things, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, you know, everyone kind of had him. But I did want to highlight a few names that I think will be interesting to talk about, especially for Dynasty purposes. So um, George Kittle was somebody that I definitely liked. I own on a few Dynasty squads already. So going into the season, I was like, this is somebody we, we talked about on our show in the offseason about the number of targets he also saw, like, in the red zone. I thought maybe he'd see a bump in touchdowns, which – he didn't really he only had five, you know, on the year, but the yardage was absolutely incredible. So no one saw this coming, but it was definitely something that I really, really liked. And the situation, though, is definitely going to be interesting. So what we've seen from this guy for his first two years is he he hasn't had much of a quarterback this year. We expected to see him get Jimmy G for the majority of the year. That didn't happen. They added no receivers in the in the offseason last year. So you're talking about an offense that's going to look a lot different next year. So. Do I think that he can repeat the yardage and, and the catch totals? I'm not 100% sure on that going forward. But I do think some touchdowns come up to balance that out. So George Kittle was somebody that I, I felt like I was a little bit higher on than, than most. And he had an excellent season. I wish I owned him, would have owned him on even more squads um, this season. But a few other guys that I liked, uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, he was my running back four going into the season. Seth and I were both very, very high on him. I actually hopped on a few other shows to talk about Melvin Gordon and just what he had done over the course of his career. The guy has been a stud. He was fantastic um, throughout the entire season in 2018. Obviously dealt with the injuries there towards the end, so that kind of disappointed fantasy owners for the playoffs, but you got there because of Melvin Gordon. He had 14 points or more in every single game um, he had played before the injury and in standard scoring, and he was still very involved in the passing game. So liked Melvin quite a bit. Um, again, had him at running back four, so was a little bit higher on him than most and had him on a ton of squads. And then the other hit for me was just being down on Carson Wentz. Uh, I know I wasn't alone in that, but taking a look back, his ADP in redraft um, this last season, he was QB7, and that was with the injury question marks um, heading into the year where he was going to miss games. So we talked about that. It wasn't going to be worth it. Look elsewhere. You know, maybe you didn't hit on Mahomes necessarily or, or Andrew Luck at a great value, but, you know, you if you were lucky enough to – you know, hit on like even a Jared Goff or somebody like that did very respectable and you didn't have to pay up for the draft capital. Wentz is another guy that I think dynasty owners are going to have a lot of question marks around, um, you know, going forward. And especially with, we'll see what Nick Foles does here the rest of the way. But those three guys were guys that I really liked. And I think there's some interesting stories that we can follow with them this off season. Oh, big Dick, Nick Foles. God, <laughs> that guy, that guy's got balls of a moose. Jerry, would, go there. Oh, how could you not? It's by the way, friend uh, and Kyle and Seth and I are in an IDP league with him, uh, buddy Kenneth Cashman of Rotoware. If mm-hmm. you have not checked out the T-shirts over at Rotoware, oh, yeah. he has got That's the uh, the the big dick Nick, the Baker dangerous. I mean, they have got. Did, some... did you guys see the Arians one? No, but I saw the T. Y. Oh. Hilton one. The what? The T. Y. Hilton clown face one yeah, with the, with the mean, gold yes. chain. Yes. So, Check out the Arians one he posted today. It is awesome. It's Bruce Arians with his little weirdo hat. The Kangol um, hat that only looks good on the, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, and he's got the he's. It's like a combination of that and the old Buccaneer, like with the knife oh, wow. in the mouth. It's awesome. Awesome. So. Jerry, Jerry, anything to add on uh, Kittle, Melvin Gordon, or any of Kyle's uh, hits before you give us your misses? No, I, I could have gone Melvin on a miss for mine. I would have. I was not as high on him as everybody else. I did love Kittle though. Um, you want me to do hits? You want me to do misses first? Well, the, the, the war zone's missing and the outlaws are hitting and then we'll flip it in round okay. two. <laughs> Deal. All right. First one, Stafford. 
you I'm not gonna swear, but <laughs> a Samuel L. Jackson quote. I'll just say that in Pulp Fiction. He said it a lot in Pulp Fiction. That's what I feel about Matthew Stafford. I Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate, Carry on Johnson comes in. And he that boy looked like a lost puppy just wandering around in the rain looking for anything for I don't know, fourteen weeks of the season. I I thought this was going to be 2011. He's going to throw for 35 touchdowns. We're going to win 10 games. Instead, we won five. And, and you turned it over every single game. And Jim Bob Cruder and you made us look like the most vanilla ice cream offense that football has ever seen. So to keep from swearing, I'm going to move on. Juju Smith. I really thought he was going to take a step back. And so wrong. So unbelievably wrong. That dude's just awesome. And now if Antonio Brown does leave, he's going to be even better. So I I ate some crow on that one. Rashad Penny. I feel like I talk about Rashad Penny all the time, saying, oh, they took him in the first round. He's going to get a look. And every time I just look wrong. Yeah, I mean, Chris Carson looked so dreadfully pitiful in the playoff game. Not that Rashad Penny did great. But he did better on less touches. At some point, you would think that offense, for one, would use Russell Wilson more. Why they are 32nd in passes. Never I'll heard never of understand. him. Who? That, Russell Russell Wilson? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to write that guy. down. He's decent from what I've heard. But yeah, they just don't like to use him. They'd rather use Chris Carson. But So those are my misses. Stafford, because he ripped my soul out and stepped on it. Juju, because I was just wrong. And Rashad Penny, because I thought draft capital meant something. Well, I, 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 Ida B1 was also wrong on Juju. I could have easily have written him down. I kind of wrote him off as well. Uh, very fun-loving guy. He's a great social media follow. And this seems to be an all-around good dude. But there's a guy that I don't know that you can buy him anymore. I don't think his stock could be any higher than it is right yeah, now. Yeah. He's on fire. I think he made the first round of some most recent ADP that I saw for January. I was like, I mean, like back, it was either back into the first or top of the second. And I was like, oh my. But uh, Seth, what, what, what do you think about Jerry's misses? And uh, tell us about your hits. <laughs> What? Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! That's a that's a some that's, drop on Howard Stern. Sulu. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's who? Uh, Sulu from Star Trek. Okay, continue. That did, never mind. <laughs> Kyle doesn't get references. No. Uh, now, Jerry, you and you and I, NFC North uh, quarterback woes. We we feel them. Uh, I think that it's going to come out in the offseason that Stafford has an injury that we're going to be able to attribute some of this terribleness to, but he didn't look right. It's it's 100% true. So I I have always loved Stafford as a fantasy quarterback because he's always cheap and he always ends up being a uh, decent fantasy option for you. So I was right there with you. But yeah, Rashad Penny, uh, no one understands what's going on with that offense. Inclu- including the coaching much, staff. Exactly. Like it did. I was fine with it. Well, yes. <laughs> Cowboys fan. Of course you were. Uh, the fa- Yes. The fact that they're 32nd in passing, that's, that is an unbelievable stat when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the game 
under center. It's it's uh it's almost criminal to the fans. Especially because like how how often do you see like Doug Baldwin wide open? Like they scheme yeah. wide receivers open all the time, and yet they just want to just play like it's nineteen four. Unreal. Yeah, trying to figure out that Seattle offense this year was weird. All right, Seth, give us some positive news. Uh, where were you? Uh, where were you correct? Uh, Chris Hogan is not a good fantasy option. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who? Exactly. Ah. Where yeah. were Where were you in September when I needed you? In my, redra- in my redraft. And, hey, uh, it's true. I was I was totally pimping Hogan. I'm like, hey, come on, look at this guy. He's he was being drafted as wide receiver 19 going in the fourth round in redraft leagues. And I was just, no, 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 don't care that Edelman's not going to be there. Don't care. Everybody else, too, that was on him is going to feel like they can give themselves a pass because they're like, oh, but Josh Gordon, he wasn't even there. Exactly. But so everyone's going to forget. And when I saw that, too, I was like, oh, boy, I was I was wrong. But Seth was all over it. He he told everyone to stay away. And if you listen to him, you know, you were better off for sure. Yeah, let's wait until we get to my misses because that yeah, was well. that was my shining bright moment. <laughs> Him and Aaron Jones. You know, so Aaron Jones, I was the Aaron Jones truther on uh, our podcast. Mm. Uh, we'll we'll wait for Kyle's misses uh, to talk about the I other guy. Oh, did you? Oh, well, shame. Aaron Jones was my pick. Even the value was great in redraft because of the suspension. And I'm sure you could have gotten him cheaper in Dynasty because of that as well. And now he looks like a decent running back in the NFL. And who knows what this new offense is going to bring, but that was a hit for me. And then finally, Robert Woods. It's hard to go wrong with Sean McVay's offense in terms of wide receivers. And uh, Woods was being drafted as a wide receiver too. And if you could have gotten him for that price in the offseason, you ended up with... Uh, one of the best wide receivers in terms of consistency and just overall points scored at the end of the season. No, I think that those are three good ones. And where, from a dynasty standpoint, we'll we'll circle back to the head coaching hire of Matt Lafleur. How do you think that he's going to implement these two running backs? Well, I think you're going to have people draw some straight lines between Lafleur, like uh, Dion Lewis type situation that Lafleur's uh, Titan offense ran this year and Aaron Jones. I don't know if that's the right call here because I, I tend to think that the Titans uh, inability to do anything was a majority on Mariota as opposed to the offensive coordinator. So I, I think that anybody saying like, Oh, Aaron Jones is now Dion Lewis. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I think that from a dynasty perspective, he's somebody I want to buy for the next couple of years. And, uh, I think he's definitely going to be good. All right. Well, that's fair. Well, uh, I'm going to let you go right ahead into your misses, and then I'm going to let Jerry roast you. Excellent. Well, I already got my C.J. Anderson uh, miss out of the way, so that's great. Let's move along to the wide receiver position. Oh, Allen Robinson, I had such high hopes for you. And when you watch him on the field, he he has got it. There's nothing to do with the injury. He is fine. Everything is about just getting him the ball now. And he failed miserably, failed you miserably this this season if you relied on him as your wide receiver one or two, as I had to in many places. 
uh, in dynasty formats. Cause I, I had a lot of uh, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson stacks that in this, uh, this off season didn't work out too well for me in some places. And I think that we, we talked about already. I think the bears offense is going upwards uh, next year. So I'm going to buy Allen Robinson at a discounted price because nobody's going to believe in him after the season he put up. People will probably be more on Anthony Miller, to be honest, just because he's the he's the young rookie hotness, right? I, you guys know Dynasty better than I do, of course, so maybe I'm wrong there, but that kind of seems like something the public would do. And then finally, Sammy Watkins. Dang it, Sammy! <laughs> uh, yeah, I had really high hopes for Sammy Watkins in this Chiefs offense. There's, KC wide receiver one, right? Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my call. That was my bold call <laughs> at the beginning of the year. Wide receiver one for KC. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. You, you now, guys had given him a, of, a special name on the on the fantasy football fellows. What did you call him, Kyle? Uh, Sammy Lego shoes. Sammy yeah. Lego yeah. shoes. And what do you know? Injured again. So there it is. Yeah, I was literally about to say, well, you know, you could put some of it due to injury, but then of course you can also say that, well, he he's had a history of injury, so you mm. should have known that already. And I think that if he's 100% healthy, he's a fine wide receiver 2 or 3 flex going forward because of that off because of the offense that he's in, but he's nowhere near the wide receiver 15 that I thought he could be in 2018. All right. Well, uh, I remembered the Sammy take because I was like, man, that is bold. But, you know, I am I, too was at one time the conductor of the Sammy hype train. I am no longer. I'm the caboose of the Sammy hype train. Jerry, what, what do you think about Seth's misses? And then uh, go right into your hits, sir. Man, I feel flat on my face on Allen Robinson, too. So I can't even be mad at you at that. And you said you're going to try and buy him at a discount. Unfortunately, I paid for him last year. Can't get rid of him because he was so bad. So now I'm just sort of stuck with him and hoping that maybe it pans out this year. So no bad blood for that one. Sammy, though, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Number one wide receiver on Kansas City. That did not work out well. But... <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the drop on myself. Uh, that was bad. Uh... Actually, funny thing about Sammy Watkins, my most popular tweet that I have ever sent was I said that if someone offered me the Zika virus for Sammy Watkins, I'd take it. So I have not been a fan, to say the least. All right, established. Got it. Like it. Uh, as far as the hits go, I talked about James Conner too much on this show. I feel like I talk about him every week. So I'm not I'm not going to go super into that. That honestly, this is a question we could have. Any running back you throw in there would probably be just as productive. So I don't want to toot my two, uh, horn on that one too much. Um, Alex Collins is a bum. That I will toot my horn on because he was going in the fourth round, fifth round of redraft leagues, and that it was just <laughs> dumb. Jared, <laughs> sorry, right, it's the crowd cheering you on this one. <laughs> He's just. He was just so bad, and that was just a horrible idea. And, you know, they'll do it with some other Ravens running back next year, but what can you do? It happens. Um, the other guy's Andrew Luck. People were so down at Andrew Luck, and it's like they totally forgot that he's good at football. It's like, I know he was out for a whole year, but he's good. And the moment he started throwing the football, what was he? He was good. 
they let narratives decide how the future is going to be too often. These short-term narratives, ah, he's boop, get rid of him. Like Leonard Fournette. Everyone is super down on Leonard Fournette right now. And he's going to be cheap as all hell this whole offseason. And then he's going to play for somebody, and he's going to get 120 yards rushing and a touchdown. Everyone's going to be like, oh, oh I messed up. See, that's that was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was what Leonard Fournette's going to be in 2019. So James Conner, just because he's a Steelers running back, I think that was a hit. I Honestly, I could have fallen into that one. Alex Collins being a bum. He is a bum. Use your eyes. I mean, he got cut by the Seahawks who had Rashad Penny and J.D. McKissick and C.J. Procise. And they saw all those. They had Eddie Lacy. They decided fat Eddie Lacy was better than Alex Collins and cut him. And then he goes and plays for the Ravens. And you think he's going to be worth a fourth or a fifth round redraft pick? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then Andrew Luck, because he's good at football. That was another one I could have just fallen into and gotten lucky on. So... Couple good hits. Hated Alex Collins. That's the pride and joy of my season. Jerry, you are on fire, Kyle. <laughs> I believe it, it, they call those moments of sinclarity. That, that, no, oh, nice. Don't give it all away. That's that's coming up later in the off season. That's a or in the new season. We're going to call those moments of sinclarity. But more on that later. Kyle, what do you think about Jerry's hits? And then uh, fill us in with your misses. Yeah, I uh, I was one of those people that was on Alex Collins. So. <laughs> It was not good times. The thing that I think, too, will at least revive fantasy owners a little bit is that Baltimore doesn't know what the hell they're doing either because I thought Gus Edwards usable enough. Just let the guy do his thing. And then even in this playoff game this last weekend, Dixon goes out, fumbles early on in that game, and they still refuse to give the ball to Gus Edwards. Not that Gus Edwards is any great player, maybe even, you know, even better than Alex Collins. But, I mean, I don't know if I want any part of that Ravens backfield next year. We'll see what they do, but... I don't, I don't like it, uh, that situation. And Connor was definitely a surprise for me. Uh, he was, I kind of had like a negative vibe towards Connor all year because from a redraft perspective, like the, if you drafted before the couple days before the season kicked off and you're one of those owners that just grabbed him off of the free agency heap and then like, Oh, look what I have. And you're just using him to steamroll your league. I was in a few leagues where that happened. I was just like, damn that, that sucks. But you know, he was a stud and, uh, and it was good to see that that can be done outside of Le'Veon Bell. So I like it. And I, I like Andrew Luck as well. I have him on a couple of Superflex Dynasty squads. And I was literally at the point, I'm like, hey, I'm going down the ship if I need to. Um, I'll sit, I'll stand there right next to the old captain. And uh, worked out, you know, as a stud this year. So looking forward to keeping him on my teams. You want me to roll into these misses, I guess? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just fire away. Then I'm going to yeah, roast sure. you and go into my head. We're, we're, we're out of time, it. I think. No, right? no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this, pod, this, pod, this pod can run long he because tried. a lot. Uh, he, he, he tried. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to kick it off with my biggest miss of the year. And that was Adam Thielen. I was not anywhere close to having this guy even on my draft board in most cases. This this was a player that I thought was going to be overrated. His target numbers were, I thought, not repeatable from what we saw the year before with Case Keenum in Minnesota. And then I kind of had both of these Minnesota Vikings receivers ranked lower. I thought Diggs could be the man there out of the two. But the reason, too, is Kirk Cousins come to town, had never had 
a wide receiver better than 30th in standard scoring leagues over the course of his career in Washington. And I had a couple people like say like, Hey, is that like a Jay Gruden thing or a Kirk Cousins thing? I'm like, nah, it's a Kirk Cousins thing. You know, he, he's the, he's the cause for this. Um, apparently it didn't end up that way because these guys got targeted to death. Adam Thielen was the man, even though he did slow down towards the end of the year. I think, you know, luck, I think luckily for fantasy owners in 2019, the slow end of the season will hopefully bring Thielen back down to where I, I think is more reasonable draft position for him or, and or dynasty value, because I think it was a little bit off the charts insane that first seven, eight weeks of the season, but I did not see Adam Thielen being a, a thing in 2018. And he absolutely was, that was by far my biggest miss of the year. I was talking all off season about that. Um, heading into this, heading into the 2018 season. But the other two guys I missed on Shady McCoy, um, I from that was just uh, it was more than just the age. I really should have put more emphasis on the fact that they lost what already was a pretty bad offensive line. They lost some pieces there, and and it was very disappointing for the Bills all the way around. A lot of question marks. I thought that he could at least do what he did the year before uh, in that offense, and he did not. He had one of his worst seasons. Ever, obviously, uh, he had 25% of his fantasy points in that one game against the Jets, and which that franchise had obviously just given up um, to let the Bills do that with Barkley as their quarterback. But uh, Shady was one that was a big mistake uh, for me in 2018. And the last one was Evan Ingram. Uh, I really like the talent. I think going forward, he's going to be very, very interesting. But he's in a position right now where he's the offense isn't uber explosive. He has Odell Beckham out there. Uh, and Saquon Barkley is obviously a monster. So is there enough to go around when you and then add in the fact that Sterling Shepard is at least a serviceable wide receiver too? Ingram is somebody that uh, I wouldn't mind if I can buy a little bit lower on in uh, in Dynasty, but expect that not to pay off for maybe a season or two, uh, depending on what they do with the quarterback there. So I liked Evan Ingram as, you know, a tight end six to seven, and he just didn't produce at the end of the year. He did once he didn't have Odell, but going forward, we assume that he will. So uh, those are my misses. Adam Thielen. Shady McCoy and Evan Ingram uh, didn't uh, didn't show up for me this season. Well, I I was definitely off McCoy and Ingram, but I was right there on the Adam Thielen bus with you. I traded him in a dynasty league. It's a Debbie, my only Debbie league. I'm in with uh, Sheps of all people, and I traded Adam Thielen for Cooper Cup and what's going to be a fairly high first. So I feel really good about that because I think Cooper Cup is the next Adam Thielen. A guy yeah, that can Cooper I, Cup. Cooper Cup. That's a love that, me some Cooper Cup. Yeah, now he wasn't one of my hits, and I'll, I'll just wrap it up because we have a little uh, we have a little draft to conduct with these people. We're going to talk about that here as soon as I'm done with my hits, and I'm kind of like you guys. I don't like you know talking about oh well, I'm so smart, but you know what's why we do this. We we like to talk about you know um, you know we, we try to give good advice on both shows. So. Uh, on the Aussie Guys podcast, a couple of uh, ones I did early in the season with them is I, I said Tyler Lockett was going to be my breakout guy. And he finished the season as wide receiver 16 in total points. Um, you know, he only had 71 targets on the season. Let that sink in. Like a, like an RB1 will get, I'm sorry, a, running, a wide receiver 1 will get double that. I mean, I think DeAndre Hopkins had 156. But he converted 57 catches for 965 yards and 10 touchdowns you know he is going to be the guy I think Doug Baldwin's also either 30 or just turned 31 somewhere in that neighborhood a little bit older of a receiver and Lockett has looked so good he's only 26 years old and I think he fits the reason why I liked him is I think he fits right in that vein of wide receivers along the lines of T.Y. Hilton 
Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, guys with that punt returner in their background. And, you know, a little segue, that's why I like Dante Pettis, is he returned punts at a real high level in college. So I think that's a valuable skill set in a receiver in today's NFL. I know I'm trying to, you know, connect some dots there, but that was why I like Tyler Lockett, and, and he came up big for me. I also mentioned Andrew Luck. Um, part of that was wishful thinking and, and hoping as a desperate Colts fan to see how bad this team is. And really outside of, you know, a, a good draft class and Eric Ebron, what else did they add? And Andrew Luck comes in at those for 4,600 yards, 39 touchdowns. He did have 15 interceptions, but that's okay. Um, you know, we're still rolling. We're going into to the divisional round, and I'm really excited. And then one uh, I also mentioned on the Aussie guys back this summer is that I said the Cleveland Browns would go 8-8 eight and eight and finish second in the AFC North. I didn't mention much about Baker, uh, but you know what? They did it. They finished Seven, eight, and one with the one tie being against the Steelers. They actually finished third in the division, one game behind the Steelers. But that's a team with a lot of promise for the future. And then my bonus one on our, uh, I think it was episode 83, Habanero Hot Takes with uh, everybody's buddy, DFF Shane. And I said that Zeke Elliott would finish as the running back six on the season. He would finish outside the top five. In PPR, he finished as running back five. Um, I could prop that argument up and say there was no Lev Bell this season. Uh, the Leonard Hunt, I mean, sorry, the uh, uh, Hunt, Kareem Hunt suspension in Kansas City, and then Melvin Gordon missed several games due to injury, and then Connor missed games as well. But that's okay. Zeke didn't play Week 16, so it, it kind of would have come out in the wash. But I expect Zeke to do a lot better in the touchdown department in 2019. So those are my hits. Kyle, I'm going to let you roast me because you're good at roasting people. <laughs> no, man, I, there there was definitely the locket thing was one I, I definitely wish I would have listened to you, Maron, because I didn't really have him on my radar. And he was somebody that uh, really exploded here in a breakout season, had more touchdowns this season or at the equal amount that he had coming into this year. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, he's going to be an interesting player to break down in the off season. Um, because like you said, those target numbers are, you know, concerning, uh, when you're looking at re how repeatable is this, but, uh, all in all, man, I think, uh, I like when people go bold and I, I like when people give, t you know, serious takes and they try to stick to it. So I thought all those are really good, but the locket one really jumped out to me when you said that one, I'm like, oh man, I remember listening to that and thinking Memphis was nuts. Um, and, uh, and here we are today wishing that I, I would have uh, had a little bit more Tyler Lockett in my life. I think he, I had 19 fancy teams this last year. I don't own Tyler Lockett on one, and uh, that was disappointing because I think it would have been fun to keep seeing all those touchdowns keep racking up on your roster for somebody that you were able to get either for dirt cheap, probably in a, in a dynasty trade, or you know late in your redraft leagues. I, I got him for a late second in uh, That's what I'm talking a, about, a, a dynasty so league la last year. And you know, I, I do think the total point production will be there. I think he'll end up trading in a PPR format. I think he'll end up picking up a few extra, you know, receptions. I don't think that he'll just finish with 57 catches next year. And I think he'll be over a thousand yards. He barely missed it this year, but I think you'll see some touchdown regression. I think he won't be at 10. I think you're looking probably somewhere in the neighborhood of six or seven, but I yeah. think he'll be able to balance that out through receptions and yardage. But yeah, he's a guy that, uh, that you'll be able to get as a wide receiver three or four in redraft next year because I think people will forget the name. I really do. And he's someone that he has proven he could produce at a wide receiver two level. But listen, one thing you have to do when you have both fellows on the show, we have not had them since a bonus episode leading up to 
the first episode of the regular season, and that was we did a food mock mock draft. Now, these two guys, as far as I'm concerned, and I have the history of the timestamp, they, they, they created the mock mock draft. They were doing this like, what, three years ago, three seasons ago? Is that fair? It was our first season we started yeah. doing it. I remember so, yeah. the, the, the pizza toppings one with uh, Dave Richard of CBS Sports. Because <laughs> I was like, was it Seth with the pineapple? I'll never forget it. Seth oh, yeah. So, People so, still I, still send him hate mail. Uh-oh. And I just I just roasted on the fire, and I cooked my pineapple pizza over it. Mm, delicious. Well, listen. That's delicious. So, so what I thought we would do is in, uh, in the vein of good old times, I thought we would do a little uh, – mock mock draft of 80s and 90s and i guess some of these are even older you know cartoon shows that we grew up with from our childhood so the draft order i didn't tell anybody this but since uh kyle and i's teams are both not are still in the playoffs we're going to go third and fourth kyle can go third since the colts beat the cowboys i'll go last and uh, we're going to sneak that in there. Uh, <laughs> did I bring that up? I apologize in advance. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let Jerry go first with the, with the 101, then Seth, then Kyle, then me. We're going to go four rounds, snake draft format. Jerry, you're up with the 101, childhood cartoons. The Lions fan getting a first pick. There's a huge surprise. This, listen, Dexter's Laboratory would be my first pick no matter what pick i was at so that is going to be the one i go with good young young jerry in the early 90s could watch dexter's laboratory until the end of time and and i had a sister who was sort of like dd so i mean maybe maybe that's why i just saw i saw the correlation there all right well that means Seth's up with the 102 Yep, I'm going to go with a cartoon that not only was amazing to watch, but also had such an influential impact on pop culture as a whole, even today. Jesus. And that is Batman the Animated Series. This was the the show that truly brought Batman into the into the light of the type of character that we see him as today. It's like that gritty Christopher Nolan type guy. And also Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman in this show, does the best Batman voice out of anybody I've ever watched. And I've watched a lot of Batman things, if you can't tell. Great show. It holds up even today. Uh, Utterly fantastic. Steel at 102. All right, Kyle, the 103. All right, I'm going to go. I was a little surprised by by Jerry's pick there, and then I remembered, like, wait a second, I think that we actually are are fairly close in age, so now I'm a little bit worried that my list won't uh, come just falling into my lap. But uh, with the third pick, I'm going to go with a show that I I really liked. I I have this show actually ranked second on my list, but I'm really banking on my number one coming back around to me. I don't think this one will. I'm going with Hey Arnold. Uh, It was uh, one of my favorite shows. Um, growing up, uh, I don't know, like all the characters in there were, were really, uh, really funny and unique. Uh, but the, it's always funny too. Like when you go back and watch things that you, that you watch when you were a kid, like the, the grandpa on that show is actually extremely creepy. Um, but, but, uh, but Hey Arnold was definitely an ep- every episode I thought was, was really, really funny. And the storylines were enjoyable and always like the one-off like Stoop Kid and all those things were, were really funny. So I'm going to go with Hey Arnold there, uh, one of my favorites growing up, and uh, number two on my list, so fingers crossed. Get, my number one gets back to me. Well, I, I remember Hey Arnold, and I was a little bit older at the time. It passed me by, but it was a show that if it was like on TV as you were flipping channels, 
I, I would totally watch Hey Arnold. So I uh, don't hate that, but I'm getting the 101. I'm getting my 101. <laughs> um, th- th- this, this, and I was a little old for this series too, but I had a younger brother who was an absolute fanatic for this show, and that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I don't I don't know how, how that with you guys being a little bit younger than me, I don't know how you guys did not take this. Michelangelo, Leonardo, and and you can learn a lot about a person by them just telling you which one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is their favorite. Like I've totally got Kyle pegged as a Michelangelo fan. I've got Seth pe- pegged as a Donatello and Jerry as a Raphael. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'll stick to it with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the 104 and then coming back with the first round a first pick at the second round, excuse me. I'm going GI Joe, um, real American hero. You know that they, knowledge that, is power. Knowledge is power. At the end of the show, is uh, you know that they would give you that little tip, like don't touch yep. a down power line. Now you know, and knowing's half the battle. So I'm going, <laughs> I'm going uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and GI Joe. So that means Kyle is back on the clock with the uh, the the two zero two. So Seth always. Uh, I don't know if jokingly or lovingly or really just taking stabs at me all the time, calls me an uncultured swine on our podcast all the time because I I don't apparently know a lot of things in pop culture. Two of those shows in the first round, I have never seen an episode of in my life. (laughs) So So Batman and G.I. Joe? uh, Well, I haven't seen G.I. Joe, but I haven't seen – I've never seen Teenage – whatever. Oh, wow. Get get out of here. (laughs) Not a single episode? I, I didn't I've watch the animated it. ones, but I mean, I loved all the movies. But I, I never, I, I was not uh, the animated kid too. I don't know. I must have. I just missed that somehow. I don't know I, how I missed that. But anyway, um, I'm gonna go and um, which is everyone's gonna hate my draft if they uh, apparently probably. But I'm gonna go with uh, my favorite show growing up, and it really just it was really part of the time that I grew up. A lot of the things like extreme sports were a huge thing, and oh, I oh. love everything about um, BMX, the X Games. I'm going with Rocket Power. Yeah. No! It's <laughs> a great one. Rocket oh. Power was my favorite show growing up as far as cartoons go. I didn't watch a ton of TV. Like, as I'm trying to put this list together, I'm like, I don't really know. But Rocket Power was clearly my my 1.01. Uh, so the characters in that show, again, were awesome. All the extreme sports that were involved there were great. I remember always messing around with skateboards and, and, uh, and BMX bikes when I was a kid because of, you know, Tony Hawk and Dave Mira and... Uh, and the and rocket power. So that was definitely one of my favorite shows, and I'm pumped to get them here in a second round. Uh, so, so I sound like Seth or Jerry was very disappointed, but Seth, it's you're me. up. I got. So I did, it's a great pick, yeah. And Jerry's upset. <laughs> um, Jerry, we just ended up being shoobies. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Squid. <laughs> yep. And for like you were uh, dead on. With your assessment there, uh, Memphis, for me, uh, I'm a Donatello to the core as well as a squid. Does he eat pineapple on pizza? Uh, probably. Oh, okay. I, it's a lock. He was like the, he was the real smart one, the responsible one. That's totally Seth. That's Seth, then. Yeah, I can I can live with that. <laughs> uh, and they're both the, the techies of the group. Yeah, there you go. So, nice. There you go. Uh, all right. Back to me. So I... I'm torn as to which one to go with next. Uh, Rocket Power is definitely on the list there, so it's a great pick. I will. I'm going to go with X Men, the 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 animated X Men show from the '80s. That one was just another great uh, superhero cartoon that just spawned a, a a thriving culture that exists still to this day. And Wolverine is awesome. 
Uh, I can't argue that because I'm a I'm a huge comic book nerd. It was definitely on my list. Uh, I was thinking about that one on the way back, but I couldn't fade the ninjas. But uh, Jerry, you, are you collected yourself from the loss of Rocket Power, and are you able to give us back to back picks? I just thought Rocket Power was sneaky enough that like maybe it would get forgotten and I could get it, but. Apparently, it's it's genius <laughs> spread farther than I thought possible. Uh, that that really sucks. I literally have a star on. I have a list of cartoons here, and that had a star next to it because I really thought I was getting it. So, for the last pick of the second round, we're gonna go Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ah, yes! damn it! Damn it! Yes. Oh, okay, you it returned was the a, favor. Right one. You returned it, my favor. It was just you know it had like the like the bully smart kid it had the dumb kid it had one dude that had a a board as his friend it was a good giant. time plank was a plank giant was a good plank. character plank i loved plank uh, so, I, I loved ed and eddie as far as this next one this one is tricky you know what? i'm gonna go with johnny bravo just because he was <laughs> he was he was an awesome guy <laughs> he just he was like a bro he was like the cartoon version of like a bro. So Johnny Bravo, we're going Ed and Eddie, and then we're we're looping back around into Johnny Bravo. And now I'm really excited to see where the rest of this goes. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see if Seth will continue his uh, superhero theme or will he venture off into a different path? And, and, and because you sniped Kyle apparently twice, we'll give Kyle a little time to regroup himself. Yeah, yeah going really hard in the cartoon network thing uh there jerry and i heartily approve excellent choices all of them so uh for this one like ed ed and eddie would have been my next choice so that's that is well done there i am torn between two here and oh man i i think i have to go with Fairly odd parents. It was a little okay. bit later uh, on Nickelodeon, but I don't know what about that show just made me laugh so much. Maybe it was just the the craziness that they, they were able to get into. I don't know. I really liked that show a lot when I was a kid. So old old that, Timmy Turner. And the, and the Dimble Dome. You can't go wrong with, with Fairly Odd a Doug Parents. Doug yeah, you, you know, how many times w- w- did you get sick? And like you know, you would watch Prices Right all you know morning, and then the afternoon that uh, that marathon, that two three hour block of Fairly Odd Parents would be on, and you would just knock oh, back, knock heaven. it back. Oh, it was it was yep. fantastic. You were not really sick; you were just faking it. All right, Kyle, you're back on the clock with the three zero three. Yeah, apparently, uh, younger Jerry and I would have totally got uh, along back in the day <laughs> because my list is is now tarnished. Um, all the way through here of trying to pick up the scraps and find another one. Cause I thought for sure, I'm like, I only really need five or six shows because no one's going to take these. Uh, but apparently that is not the case. I, I definitely would have gone at an Eddie here. Um, and Johnny Bravo was my backup. Um, so I'm going to go with another show that I enjoyed, um, a lot. Uh, I was surprised when I looked this one up earlier too, it was like only on for three years. Um, but I felt like it carried a lot of, uh, momentum and I, I still see things with it today, but, um, the, uh, the show Doug uh, yeah. was one that I really enjoyed. Yeah. It was definitely like I am. I love dumb humor and weird stuff. So like, hey, Arnold always had weird stuff. And like Ed, Ed and Eddie was, you know, really just stupid. 
but I loved it. Uh, Doug was like pretty much the opposite of all those things. Like I always felt like it was kind of like good life lessons and like some funny stuff, obviously. But uh, I thought the characters in there were, were really cool. There you go. Doug funny stuff with uh, Roger. What was his last? Do you remember his last name? Did he have a last name? No, he was just. I thought douche. he had just. He was such a. He was just such a slime ball. Patty mayonnaise. Patty mayonnaise. Yeah, <laughs> Skeeter. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> but yeah, man. Doug, get away with this I stuff? don't know. It's so hilarious now, especially uh, when you when you hear all these names. But eh, whatever, man. It was fun. Good show back in the day, and and carried uh and carried on, I guess, for a while. No, it, it, it's funny because when I hear Jerry and Kyle talk. I see that gif of Will Ferrell and uh, what's his name from Step Brothers. It's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Yeah. John C. Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley to what's his name because he's always just oh that Will Ferrell and uh, what's his name Cal so, Naughton yeah. Jr. from Ricky. Bob. I remember the characters' names that he played. I can't remember his real name. All right, uh, so so this this one right here was tough because I hadn't watched cartoons in a while. Now I've got a son who is eleven. And I could easily name my favorite cartoon that he watched, but I'm gonna go way back in the day, and I'm gonna go Transformers. You know, it spawned, uh, it spawned, it spawned, it spawned an entire line of toys and movies and all kinds of stuff. There's now there's a spinoff with the Bumblebee movie, but the OG cartoons were were fantastic, and they always did the cliffhanger, the to be continued episodes, which could be very frustrating when you're nine or ten and you have the patience of nothing. And you can't wait till the next day to figure out what happened to Optimus Prime. But I'm going, I'm going Transformers, and then the last one, just because it literally, I I, also, I would still watch it to this day. If it's on TV when we get done recording this podcast, I will watch Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry were great, hitting each other with pipes and blowing each other up with dynamite and traps and and all the other fun stuff. And then there's the bulldog, and it's it just a good old fashioned cartoon. So. Uh, I'm going Transformers and Tom and Jerry. And by the way, side note, if I could pick one from my son's generation, totally go Phineas and Ferb. Jerry, you have a lot to look forward to with Phineas and Ferb. It's amazing. So uh, we got three picks to go. Kyle, you're on the clock. Yeah, so I'm going to go with a show that was on my list. It was further down towards the bottom because I didn't think I'd have to go this far. Um, and I know people get really insane about this show, and it's burned, there's like 100 spinoffs. Um, but it's definitely, and it, it was funny too, because as Memphis is talking about the cliffhangers and the, you know, next time on, like, uh, that show for me was Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and I'm not Ooh. like super nutty about it, but I, I did really enjoy it. Um, as I got older and kept watching it, you do quickly realize that that show is about, I don't know, 45 ish seconds of actual show. And the rest of it is grunts and commercial breaks. But, um, but it was, it had, I loved the cliffhanger aspect of it. It did like it carried stories between episodes. Um, so I've always wanted to kind of get back into it because I felt like there was a lot of good storylines there, but it's just such an animal now. Like, and there's so many things out there with, uh, the different variations and, and, series with dragon ball z but uh that was one of my favorite ones growing up as a kid and, and really enjoyed that one so dragon ball z for me to wrap it up all right we got i think a... they made a version of dragon ball z where they actually somebody goes in and like cuts out all of the extraneous like i'll be like an hour <laughs> right screaming <laughs> like, all cool. that but like all 10 seasons you can get it like on three dvds I don't doubt it at all. Like it just like it's so ridiculous if you just focus on just that. But uh, yeah, man. It was as a kid, I enjoyed it. Kyle said, "Shut up and take my money." All right, (laughs) all right, Seth, give us your last pick. 
Ah, uh, man. If, I hadn't even thought about going to this this point, but you taking Tom and Jerry makes me think about taking the Looney Tunes. And if I can take that entire industry, then <laughs> I, I think I win. You just purchase just an bu- industry? Ju- ju- just bugs, buddy. Looney Tunes, they are an industry. Yeah. Like, they led to one of my favorite childhood movies, Space Jam. So I think that if, if I'm allowed to take them, I have a backup if I'm not, but if I'm allowed no, to take no. them to Looney Tunes, yeah. Yeah. Lo- got to Lo- be Lo- my, my pick. Looney Tunes like, goes back to, like, what, the 20s and the 30s? I mean, yep. almost 100 years old at this point. And they obviously get progressively better. We get with Bugs Bunny, and but I, I'm totally down with that all the way to Luna Tunes and Animaniacs and everything that you know is all encompassing. I, I have no problem with that. So uh, Jerry, bring us home. Last pick of the cartoon mock mock draft. We are well down the list on Jerry's cartoons. Part of me wants to go with Captain Planet just because our he's our hero and he takes pollution down to zero. But, but I think I think I'm gonna go Rocco's Modern Life. I always liked that show when I was a kid. It's I've since watched it and it's super weird and I would definitely not. It's not what a show I could watch now. But at the time I used to love it, so I'm gonna go Rocco's Modern Life. All right. Well, that's an interesting way to end the. First ever Dynasty Warzone mock mock draft with our good friends, the fantasy football fellas, Seth Kyle. Wrap it up again. Where can these folks find you? Both uh, your podcast, your website, all the stuff that you guys are doing. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you having us on again. Well, anytime you guys want us to come on here, we're happy to talk football with you, gentlemen. But if you want to check out Seth and myself over on the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast, drops every Tuesday, Thursday throughout the entire off season, and we uh, pedal to the metal in-season content for sure so on twitter at the ff fellas you can head over to our website thefantasyfootballfellas.com uh we just post a lot of rankings and things over there you know in season so you can bookmark that bad boy but um subscribe to wherever you can find podcasts you can find myself at kyle ff fellas on twitter and seth is at seth ff fellas on twitter always happy to talk all things fantasy football love dynasty as well so again jerry memphis thanks again for having us on all right jerry anything for us before we uh, we get out of here we're a little long tonight no, I don't think so. I think I'm going to go see if any of these cartoons are on Netflix and I will have the rest of my night planned out. But other than that, I'm good, baby. That's exactly where I'm heading. So remember, head over to iTunes, rate and review both shows, the Dynasty Warzone and the Fantasy Football Fellas. Leave a five star, say some nice words, let them know that we entertained you with a mock draft of cartoons. And uh, we did manage to squeeze in a little bit of fantasy and dynasty advice. So on behalf of Jerry, Kyle, and Seth, I am Memphis, and we will see you next week.